morning, everybody. You doing all right? I know it's raining, but at least it's not snowing. So at least we got that. But it's warm in here. Come on, let's all stand to our feet. God, with reckless abandonment, we just come to you saying, have your way in us today. Father, we come to praise you and worship you and proclaim who you are. We never know who's watching, whether it's online or in this room, to see who is the God that we worship. And we worship our Savior, Jesus Christ, who died for us on a cross and saved us from our sins. We celebrate that today. It's because of your love this morning. Come on, let's celebrate that together today. As we come into your presence, we remember every blessing. We can come into your baby from above. Lifting gratitude and praises for compassion so amazing. We can come to give you thanks for all you've done. Because of your love.
couple of announcements. Number one, it's first of all, welcome, welcome, welcome. We're so thankful that you chose to worship here with us today. Gathering together is so important. It's not just about, look, at God can move anywhere. We know that. People online, God, God can release you from chains of bondage and save you, do all kinds of things anywhere. But there's something special that happens in this room when we gather together. Amen? Not only that, but we develop relationships that are stronger than, as my wife has put it, sometimes you'll ask of your church family what you won't even ask from the family you were born in. It's because we have the love of Jesus in this place. So if you're visiting with us or if you're or tuning in for the first time with us, welcome. We encourage you to make relationships, build community, and we can love Jesus and help each other together. Amen? Amen. So I'm going to bring my wife up here for announcements in just a second. But uh, the first one I wanted to mention is, uh, you know, if you know anyone who's dealing with some health problems and perhaps they haven't gone to the doctor or, or, or to see a physician because they, they, they don't have the money or they don't have the resources, and uh, that could really be any of us. And uh, coming March 24th and 25th, um, they at the Amador County Fairgrounds, they are doing a free health care clinic. And they're doing uh, dental, vision, and medical. And they're, they've got doctors down there going to do x-rays. They're going to do eye exams. They're going to do, uh, what is it? Uh, they're doing blood pressure testing, diabetes screening, all kinds of stuff. So if you need any more information on that, we have that here. And I can give it to you. Or Susan's got a flyer too. You can grab her. Or if you just know anybody. I think that's a real important service. And uh, there's just a lot of people in Amador County that probably don't go visit a doctor when they should just because of that. And then the other announcement is kind of a medical thing, but it's my pleasure. You know, I'm so happy with, we've been trying to expand our, our membership in this church in various ways. My favorite way is how Coulter and Alani have decided that they are going to expand our membership as she is pregnant with her second child. Let's congratulate them. Good job. And we are thankful, so we're expecting you to do your part as well as they did their part. And I'm talking to you, Eva. So, uh, so God. So then, look in the coming weeks uh, on the on the bulletin board back there. Uh, we're going to do. We're not calling a, 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 a gambling thing or a betting thing, but we're going to put a board up and and we're going to have some kind of prize for whoever guesses when the babies do. So we will have our bracket going, just our, like our March Madness here. Okay, so we will have some fun with that. And so, God bless you. We're, in fact, you know what? Can we just real quick reach out a hand? Follow Father, we ask you to just keep your hand upon Nalani. We pray, God, that the baby inside her you touch even now. Yes. That it says in your word that, that, that John leapt inside of, of, of her, his mother's uh, stomach. And God, that means your hand is on this child now. It says in your word that you knew us even before we were knitted in our mother's womb. So we just pray a blessing uh, of health for both mom and baby. We pray for uh, provision for this family, and we just pray a great pregnancy in Jesus' name. And the church said, Amen. Amen. God amen, bless amen. you. I'll turn it over to Deb. Okay, so I'm sitting in my seat 
over there. And I just was going to think, I was thinking about it. I'm like, how many people does it take to do announcements? So I'm like, I, I'm up here and I have two announcements to do. So I'm just, I was just trying to get it. Where'd he go? Oh, I was just trying to get his attention when I'm down there. And I'm like, no, just do it, just do it. But anyway, I'm up here to make two announcements and welcome you. So thanks for coming today. When it was Eric and I, <laughs> it was pretty funny. <laughs> That's all it was. All right, just a quick reminder, you guys, uh, Sandwich Sunday is April 2nd. Um, that's where we um, bring, what is the theme, is soup and salads. So bring your favorite soup, bring your favorite salad, and what is it, Leilani? What do we, what's the saying? If we don't eat, if we don't eat, we don't meet. If we don't meet, we don't eat? What? No, we, we don't eat, we don't meet. Okay. <laughs> Second announcement is the summit Thursday, April 13th, and that is um, from 6 o'clock to 7 o'clock. And just a reminder for Secret Sisters, the last um, Sunday will be next Sunday to get in your application, and I have them with me today, which I really don't. I just said that, and I lied on the pulpit. I have to run up to my house and get them, but um, if you're interested, come and see me, and I will run up to my house, or can, I'll have... Can you explain what Secret Sisters is again? It's not a bunch of women hiding in bushes and trees and stuff. It? But it, you know, Jimmy, does he do this to you when you um, do announcements? <laughs> no, it's what you have a secret person that for a full year gets to pray for you, gets to remind you that you have a birthday and an anniversary, and just somebody that just really is, you know that there is somebody praying for you for a full year. So that's fun about it, and then at the end of the year that we get to get back together, and we find out, I've had too much coffee, I'm shaking, um, and we find out who it was. By that time, though, everybody's pretty much figured it out. But anyway, it's still fun. We get together. And that's it. It's time for meet and greet. So go ahead and stand up and say hi to one another for five minutes. Sorry, but I just knew that you did great. Morning. I wanted to say good morning to everybody online and say thank you again for joining us today. But today, I'm, I'm warning you right now, stay for the whole service. I know a lot of times we get distracted or we'll watch the rest later, but today is an important message. Today we are, are, are we're going to see God do miracles today, I believe it. And I want, I want you to stay tuned. I want you to know that we love you and care about you. And if there's anything we can do, write it in the comments there we'll reach out as best we can um, you can contact us at the website the link is right there at mtzchurch.org and uh, we would like to know you're listening and you're watching and that we'd like to just pray for you and care for you so as best we can even in these circumstances i know that there's several at home today simply because they couldn't physically be here 
particularly, I want to think of uh, Glenda and, and, and Leroy today. Leroy, I'm sorry you think that fall. They both are feeling better. We know that Dave is recovering in the hospital from falling off a ladder. It sounds like it's terrible. And uh, also, we just see Lori and Kelly, for instance. I know that uh, Kelly's been feeling some health issues. I hope you're feeling better. And then I know across the country, there's people watching. I want to say hi to Robert and Linda others that I've not forgotten. I'm sorry. I feel like, like I said, I always feel like this Marianne around the room and I see this person and I see that person. But I'm just thankful that you're with us this morning. So God bless you. If you'd like to give to this ministry, just go to the website, click online giving and all the instructions will be there. But more importantly, we encourage you to participate. Be in prayer today. Be engaged today, even from wherever you're watching. God bless you and you have a great rest of this Sunday and don't get distracted. Thank you for paying such close attention to the clock. 
Well, thank you both of you who paid attention to the clock. Hey, while we're all up standing around, let's welcome Pastor Jimmy and Pastor Anna back also. And on April 2nd, April 2nd, we are going to hear from both of them in a message on what God is doing in their families and uh, during this time. Other than the amount of bling that both James and John uh, got, they came in wearing all their medals. It was so cute. They're back on the, are they still back on the back table? They got a ton of medals in wrestling, and we're super proud of them. So I'll turn it over to Bob as uh, we prepare yourselves for uh, our t- your tithes and offerings, and uh, we thank you again for your faithfulness. Good morning, everybody. Congratulations. So excited for you two. It's really well, three, a blessing. Technically. Three, four, actually. Four. Four, right. yeah, four. We're all said and done there. All right. Lord, uh, we thank you for today, and um, you're just you're good. You're faithful, Lord God. You look after us, Lord. As we're here today, Lord, I just pray that you fill our hearts. Um, just let us rely on you completely, Lord. Give us that faith, Lord God. We just hand everything over to you, our stress, our finances, worries, doubts, everything, Lord. May we just give it to you, Lord, and uh, you take it. You gladly take it from us, Lord, and you support us, and you hold us for now and forever. And as we uh, contemplate offerings, Lord God, and give it back to you, Lord, may our hearts just be open, and may our minds just be open to listen to what you have to say regards the offering, but also in this service today, Lord. May your spirit just move us, your good, sweet spirit just move us, Lord. May we just feel your presence magnified, both in our minds and in our hearts. In Jesus' name I pray this prayer. Amen. Oh 
So we pour out 
these altars, this altar here is all about healing. All about healing. Are you hurting and broken within? Overwhelmed by the weight of your sin? Jesus is calling. Hallelujah. Have you come to the end of yourself? Do you thirst for a drink from the well? Jesus is calling. Oh, come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Come on, church. Leave behind your regrets. Come today, there's no reason to wait. Jesus is calling. Bring your sorrows, trade them for joy. From the ashes, a new life is born. Jesus is calling. Come to the altar, the Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, come to the altar, the Father's arms are open Forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, what a Savior! Isn't He wonderful? Sing hallelujah. Christ is risen, bow down before Him, isn't He Lord of all, sing hallelujah, Christ Savior, 
Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. You were my strength when I am He is worthy of our praise. 
give him a praise, church. He is worthy of it this morning. Hallelujah. 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 You are worthy, Lord. You are worthy of our praise. Of our hearts, oh Lord. You are worthy. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for this day that we get to worship you and pray that we are worthy of your praise, Lord. Lord, we want to thank you for everything you've given us, Lord, in this worship, in this service, Lord. We pray for Wilhite family, Lord, and Leroy and Glenda, Lord. He had a spell this morning, Lord. You're watching over him, Lord. And Lord, just anybody else that needs prayer and touch, Lord Jesus. We want to thank you for this opportunity to be able to serve you and worship you with all of our praise and all of your glory. And we give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Go ahead and have a seat this morning. How many know God is in the house today? Amen. Amen. Sometimes, uh, you know, I believe you can have... Uh, emotion without worship but i do not believe you can have worship without emotion amen and we all get emotional in different ways we have different expressions and i just want to remind everybody today Danetta, can you grab me a couple of tissues i am a i'm a mess this morning obviously and uh i just thank you sweetie um i'm just so thankful that we are in a place where we, we hope you know you have the freedom to express your love for Jesus in response to what he's doing in you in whatever way he's doing with you. Sometimes we don't like how God does that. Maybe you're trying to sing a song and it should have been simple. I was singing it in the shower this morning. Uh, That's the reason I added it to the set. And uh, I just really felt strongly to do it. And the minute I wanted to do it, I couldn't do it. And uh, God makes us uncomfortable sometimes. In fact, I think it's good when God makes us uncomfortable because it brings us to another place that he wants to bring us to. And uh, about a year and a half, maybe two years ago, I preached on this passage that I'm going to preach today in Genesis chapter 21. But two things the Lord, I believe, spoke to me. One was that was preemptive, that maybe it was a little too early. And then the other thing he said is, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change it up a little bit. I wish he would have told me how he's going to do that. Um, I'd feel a little bit more comfortable this morning. But like I said, God doesn't always move in a comfortable way. And uh, I like it when it's comfortable. Don't you like it when it's just automatic and simple and just kind of happen? You know, there's, I, I got a buddy of mine who uh, almost had, uh, he went into liver failure. And he, uh, young guy, 48 years old, uh, didn't realize how much he had been drinking. Didn't realize it. You know, he's just one of those guys come home, have a couple of cocktails. But he did that every day. And then every once in a while, go celebrate and have a few too many. Not unlike a lot of people. But he didn't realize how much it was accumulating in his liver. And, uh, within, and he just celebrated last Thursday one year of not only sobriety, which 
He never went to one class, one meeting, one counselor. He just said, well, I guess I lost that privilege. So he stopped drinking. He was also 6'3 and weighed well over 300 pounds. And he lost over 140 pounds in one year. And they have not only taken him completely off any problems with his liver, all of his diabetic medication is gone. His blood pressure medication is gone. And you know what he did? Nothing. I hate him. I mean, I, I mean, you know what I mean? He just, he just said, well, I guess I can't eat that anymore. So he didn't eat that anymore. Well, I guess I can't drink that anymore. I can't drink anymore. Most of us are not like that. For instance, I have no business having desserts. But how many know just knowing better doesn't mean we always do better? I read a great quote, and I can't remember, unfortunately, it may have been unknown. I can't remember who said it, but I had the quote and I put it there. We've been searching for revival. But see, I believe, and, and, and Steve put it very well, you don't really have to search for it, it's here. Now it's up to us to receive it. And this quote I read about revival is, a revival of true godliness is not the greatest and most urgent of the church's needs, but the greatest and most urgent of my needs. That's the goal. It's not to have the, everybody here, you know, tons of people, fill the house, a lot of people. No, it's about reviving us. Those who have loved Jesus for a long time and now God's bringing us to a new place, a new birth. Maybe some of you have been dead in your spirit or, or you've just have, you're just kind of going through the motions like you've always done. I go to church every once in a while. I do this every once in a while. I serve here once in a while. And God's going, uh-uh, uh-uh, we need more. And so we develop our habits or our plans or our routines. And sometimes God busts in and messes with our routines. In Genesis chapter 21, that's what he did with Abraham. In verse 4, it says, Then Abraham circumcised his son Isaac when he was eight days old, and God had commanded, as God had commanded him. Now Abraham was 100 years old when his son Isaac was born to him. And if that was the case, I believe it is, and this is true too. Verse 6, And Sarah said, God has made me laugh. And all who hear will laugh with me. She also said, Who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? For I have borne him a son in my old age. Verse 8, So the child grew and was weaned, and Abraham made a great feast on the same day that Isaac was weaned. And Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, whom she had borne with to Abraham, scoffing or mocking would be another word therefore she said to abraham cast out this bondwoman and her son for the son of the bondwoman shall not be heir with my son namely with isaac and the matter was very displeasing in abraham's sight because of his son so we see abraham and his wife having a little disagreement a little fight it was a big fight. Normally when there's a huge domestic disturbance, sometimes they call the police. 
this was so bad, God had to come in. So in verse 12, it says, But God said to Abraham, Do not let it be displeasing in your sight because of the lad or because of your bondwoman. Whatever Sarah... and Okay, okay, wives, women, hear me up. Please don't take this out of, out of context. God said, Whatever Sarah has said to you, listen to her voice. Be careful with that one. For in Isaac your seed shall be called. Yet I will also make a nation of the son of the bondwoman because he is your seed. So Abraham rose early in the morning, took bread and a skin of water, putting it on her shoulder. He gave it to the boy, to Hagar, and to send her away. She departed and wandered the wilderness of Bathsheba. Father, we ask your word to speak to our hearts in any way. Father, I ask you to decrease me and let me not be seen or heard, but let only your words, for they are the words that hold weight. For as it says in the book of John, it says, how is this man so learned without having studied? And Jesus said, if any man who preaches my father's words, there's no falsehood in him. Father, let me not drift off into my own words and stick to yours. In Jesus' name, amen. So there was a change happening in the family change 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 and we can't minimize the courage it takes to change mount zion church is on the verge of change we've been changing already these past few years if you look at what covid did it moved us to change you think of 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 online services now like nothing and 11 years ago when i came here we were doing online services and everybody was asking why no, I didn't know either. I just wanted to do it. And, but now you look, we were snowed in a couple of weeks. We couldn't, couldn't do that. But we were able to have service. Thank you, Jesus. Change is happening in this church of how we worship, how we praise him, how we, how we pray, how we study. Change is happening. And for some of us, it's uncomfortable. For others, finally. For some, it's just disorientating. But I believe today that somebody here is going to get a word. I'm tired of church services that go through the motions. You know why? Because our God does not go through the motions. I have a, uh, on that back wall, every Sunday I put a, uh, a service order. And the program I use is called Planning Center. And I think God laughs at that. Oh, you're going to plan the service, are you, Pastor? Well, I want to be open enough to let God plan the service. But guess what? You do too. It can't just be me. I'm just, you know, we're all parts of the body of Christ. I'm just the mouth. God knew me well. So this, this word, I believe, has got to liberate somebody. Whether online, God can do that. Or here. Finally break free. Why do you come to church? Why do you read your Bible? Why do you do that stuff? And maybe God is stirring up something in you in a new way that you never did before. You know, when my wife was talking to somebody, I think it was Wednesday night. What a great night we had Wednesday night. And Wednesday night, we were at a Bible study, and like Deb said, you know, it's amazing how you can read a scripture over and over and over again. And a year later, you open up and read that scripture, and you go, I never knew it said that. And maybe that's what God is saying to us today is, is look at, I'm doing a new thing. It's a living word. 
God is not a stagnant pond. He is a rushing river. Amen? The courage to change. So we hear that. You should know better. I know you've said it to your boys, Jimmy and Anna. I'm sure many. You should, you should know better. And I've also heard that saying, if you know better, you'll do better. But I know there's a big difference between knowing better and doing better. I know that I get up, I should get up every morning and do some kind of stretches and exercises. I know better. I know things I should eat and not eat. But sometimes I'm just not strong enough to resist it. I know that there's some people sitting here today or some people online that go, you know, we got to get back into, into regular church life. We got to get back into a better routine in our lives. We got to do something different. You know better, but you don't do better. And sometimes we don't do better until we're under a threat. It's something bad. If I don't, if you lose it, right? We've said it to our kids. If you don't, I'm going to. But I think God does it in the reverse. When we, when we turn to the Lord, he shows and magnifies in ways that we can't even imagine. But we get numb and calloused and we sit back and we go, well... If I could just get through this next hour and a half, unless the preacher preaches too long. Man, pastor did a fourth song. I hope his message is short. We kind of get into that mode. Oh, if he does that altar call, we'll be here all day. Yeah, baby, we might. That's what I'm talking about. It's okay. I love when when Steve... uh, when he does his altar call, he don't give up. He isn't going to give up until that last one that God has told him gets their butts up here. Because this is a sacred place, a place of change. When you realize that you can know better, when you realize that doing better and knowing better are different, it also can, can mess you up, especially with people that you realize, that you admire, people you look up to, pastors or, or leaders, and, and you expect so much, and you know they're capable of so much more, but they don't. And you get disappointed, you get let down, and you get kind of the wind knocked out of your sails. But if you look at people we admire most in history, they're usually people that, that changed something. They made corrections. They, they became our heroes. Why? Because they had the courage to change. They had to turn the course, change the tide. Abraham Lincoln, look at, we, think, we think our presidents these days have a tough time. Abraham Lincoln had a country that was really split. I know they say we have divisions now. It ain't nothing what was happening. Not only the conscience of Abraham Lincoln, of, of he didn't like the fact, and a lot of people, if you look into history, it wasn't so much about slavery as much as it was about people not being viewed as cattle, as pigs. And then when he came to that realization, he said, we can't have slavery, these are people. And in the midst of all that, you've got these divisions happening within our country. And Abraham Lincoln said, we have to change. And you have to have the courage to change. It wasn't popular. He had to swim upstream. He had to go against the grain. Corrections 
often also can bring severe consequences. Sometimes you have to cut things off in your life that you loved. Sometimes you have to give up something you love for something you love more. How much has Jesus shown his love for you? How much has God given up something he loved, his son, for something he loved even more, us? Really, our relationship with him, if you look at it. I think the reason it becomes so difficult is because, and complicated, it's because, unfortunately, it takes a lot of humility to change. And some people have the lack of the ability to quiet their ego down enough to believe that they have the ability to change. Well, this is how we've always done it. Now I've always done it, and I'm not going to change. This is the way it is. This is the way it happens. This is the way we're going to do it. And we get stuck in that rut. And you might not say it like that, but you think it like that. I know I do. I don't like change. My daughter Rebecca and I share that. We don't like change. Even when change is really good. Oh, but it's different. Now, you'd be surprised. How surprised. How long you can live in a prison of your own problems. And you're not free at all. And you're trapped. And think about it. Have you ever laid in bed at night as you've grown up and rethought your life choices? I know I have. And you've got more information now. So now you know so much and you go back and you rethink, what was I thinking then? Have you ever looked back and found yourself in situations that was based on bad information? Oh, God, if I had known, I never would have. Or you were just immature or selfish or it was based on emotionalism or pride or, or just discontentment. You just get so angry, you, you lash out in ways that you make choices that are bad. And now you're wiser and I, I wrote in my notes, you're more mature, but many of us are not any more mature than we were. But we are a little wiser. And we wonder, how could that have Where would I be now if I had just started earlier? If I had just changed my life a little bit back then, where would I be now? You lay down at night and you live with the frustration. You wonder, what happened? And what could have happened if I had never got stuck in that situation? We're almost like that woman in that old, old commercial, and some of you will remember, help. I've fallen and I can't get up. I changed churches. I can't get up. I changed spouses. I can't get up. I changed jobs. I can't get up. I changed my major. I can't get up. I changed my hairstyle. I can't get up. I can't seem to get up. So you give up. And you just make the best of a bad situation. You'd be surprised how many people in this room are living with regret. And people online, how many are living with regret? And the dilemma is that it's easier to live with regret or live without it because the disruption is just too much. And we don't want that disruption. Sometimes you have to weigh the pain of what's going to happen, what the change is going to be. I love being here. I love it. And God has brought some amazing people to this church that I've had to rely on more in this past 
two and a half, three, almost three years since I hurt my back. Been going through a lot of pain. Remember that Sunday I almost took a dive when I went down? I just remembered that. (laughs) But I got to be honest with you. I'm seeking out everything I can to get rid of this pain. But I like the presence of the Lord more than I like the pain. And I'll put up with the pain for the presence of God any day. Any day. Because someday, whether on this earth or somewhere else, I will not have it. But I don't always get this chance. I don't always get to be with you. We don't always have the opportunity of the presence of God. Someday that pain will be gone. God will either use doctors and, and medications or someday. But in the meantime, as Steve told me a few weeks ago, you have, and he said it that way too, because he's an evangelist, that's what he does, is you have to use the tools that God has given you here. And I went, you're right. But in order to do that, I have to change. And brother, you've only known me about six to eight months. And you're right. It sucks. It's, it's, it's just not fun. Sometimes change will cost you. So today, our text reads like this dream come true. But there's some pain involved. There's some pain involved. for, And maybe God, I don't know why God is allowing this pain in my body. I don't know why. It may be to get me to rely on more people and to stop being so self-reliant and rely on God and who God has brought in my life. I'm just talking out loud. I really don't know, but I think so because I know how I am and I know me. But it reads like this dream because Abraham in his old age has finally got his son from Sarah. It's amazing. It's exciting. It's invigorating. I mean, come on. The guy's an old man. His wife has delivered him a baby in a season of life that, was, that we just laughed about. And what is at stake in this message is that God wants to give you a blessing. And guess what? It didn't fit in the season of Abraham and Sarah's life, did it? They were old people and they were having babies. That blessing did not fit into their season. God wants to give Mount Zion a blessing and you might be sitting there going, but it's not our season. Yeah, you're right. God doesn't care what season we're in. God doesn't care whether you're 25 years old or 125 years old. He doesn't care what, whether I got back pain or you got pain. He's saying, I want to send revival and I want the people who have been dead in their spirit to rise again and be a light on this hill and the salt in this community. Amen? He's going to give us a blessing out of season. He's going to give us a blessing that's going to make people laugh when they hear it. Changing the world from Pine Grove. That's funny. Nobody's going to believe it. People will mock it. But if you're willing to change the way God wants you to do, you might have to go through a little pain to receive the blessing. And you might be saying this. God didn't move the way I thought it would, the way I thought he would. God didn't move when I thought he would, the way I thought he would. And we're looking at a a family, Abraham's family, in this moment 
where he's 100 years old, so that's waiting a long time. And when you've waited a long time for a blessing, you know what it makes you do? It makes you give God the praise. The first time when they did that back procedure that I had no pain for five months, after about two months after the procedure happened, I was in my garage for the first time in two years, and I was able to clean it. And I had, and, and if you, you've ever cleaned a garage, well, especially up here, you're just covered with dirt. You got sweat all over you. You know, it's a mess. And I'm standing in the middle of my garage crying my eyes out because I could clean the garage. When you wait a long time for a blessing, you can't help but praise God. Mount Zion Church has been waiting for a long time. But we in this place are going to praise God. Amen? I want those. I want to see how many have been waiting on a blessing. How many are waiting on a blessing? See, look at us. We're a family waiting on a blessing. We're a family. And we're going to hear testimonies of that blessing coming. If it's God's will. And just because it hasn't happened the way we planned it to happen or the way we thought it was going to happen, doesn't mean that God's not going to do it. Look at somebody and say, it's going to happen. Come on. No, no, no. Tell you with conviction. It's going to happen. There you go. Online. Type it online. It's going to happen. There you go. I'm waiting. Okay. Sarah's having a party. Sarah's excited. Who would have believed that God would do this for me? Who would have believed that I would give Abraham a child in my old age, she said. And God had made me to laugh. And while she is laughing, laughing and laughing, now you've got to remember the timeline isn't like what you're seeing because God's giving us the events of what happened, not the timeline. So now, you know, she's pregnant. She has, goes through all that pregnancy. And then she uh, goes in, and it's eight days after the child is born. And now Abraham is going to go through the ritual of circumcising his son. And according to the customs, when he's eight days old, it's interesting when you read it like that. It read, when you read the text like we read earlier, it seems like this is all one big occasion, but it's not. There's some time that's gone by. So there's a time lapse here. And because we know that Isaac is eight days old when Abraham circumcises him, and we read that when he was weaned, meaning he's no longer breastfeeding, now it seems like all this is in one occasion, and it's not. The writer is just giving us highlights of significant moments. So now he's circumcising Isaac. And circumcision is a, a cutting away. It's a part of the flesh in a man that was originally a religious sign of being a Hebrew. This is the sign of the covenant between Abraham and God. God makes the promise to him. He used the sign of indicate the contract with God. The circumcision put blood in the deal. Business investors say it this way, and you've heard me say this before. Do you have any skin in the game? Do you have any skin in the game? God wants us all to have some skin in the game. Because when you have skin in the game, you don't violate the covenant when things get tough because you're invested into it. That's the problem with so many people at church. They come thinking this is a spectator sport. This is participation, not spectation. We have got to put some skin in the game. You know why we don't care about coming to church? And because we think it's all about ourselves. 
when it's never about us, it's always about others. So you come and you sit in the pew and you go, God, what would you have me do to serve you? It may just be praying for somebody. It may be cleaning the bathrooms. It may be vacuuming. John Wilhite's memorial yesterday, I heard of all the wonderful little things. He was like that guy that would just take care of stuff around the church. I didn't even know this guy and I was so blessed. But he was plugged in because of his participation, not being a spectator. He had some skin in the game. God says, I'm going to do it for you. I'm going to bring you this blessing, but you've got to have some skin in the game. Because you won't quit. When you've invested, you won't quit. You won't walk away easy. When you're invested, you're not going to just walk away. You're going to stay in the game. This passage really, this whole passage is really all about circumcision. And let me tell you, thank God I don't remember, but I would believe that circumcision hurts. And not a little bit. I'm so thankful that they do it as a baby thing. You know, that happened in the New Testament. They wanted the new converts. How would you like that for church membership? Look, at I'm going to give you a nice little certificate of church membership, but first we're going to go step into this room over here. <laughs> I'm like, oh, no, you're not. <laughs> so Abraham did it on the eighth day, and he begins to celebrate. He throws this party. He's got his promised seed. His wife is happy. Life is good. Sarah's happy. She's laughing. Everything's going wonderful. But then, sees Ishmael, Hagar's son. And this is now, once again, got to be some time because I don't think as an infant he'd be mocking him. But Ishmael is mocking Hagar. Uh, Ishmael is Hagar's son. He's mocking Isaac. So you get the bondservant woman. Her son is mocking Sarah, Abraham's wife's son. And she stopped laughing. Just ask any mom. Ask any mom. You start making fun of their kid, they're not going to laugh with you. <laughs> Sarah said, something's got to be done. This boy out here is mocking my boy. You have to do something. What are you going to do? Because they're not going to stay here anymore. I don't care where they're going to live. They've just got to get out. They've got to leave. And all of a sudden, he goes from cutting to casting. He's being asked to cast out the woman. And remember, this is Abraham's son. That's why it's so easy for Sarah to say, get rid of that woman, get rid of that boy, because she doesn't have any skin in the game. Abraham does. That's his boy. And that's the difference when you don't have any skin in the game. It's easy to tell people what they ought to do, isn't it? You can tell people what to do in their situation because you're not invested. <laughs> You'd be surprised how many people don't come to church because they'll come to a church and they find something they don't like. Well, I just don't think this church needs... You know what this church, Mount Zion Church, Mount Zion Church does not have a separate men's and women's ministry. I've heard that from both men and women. And you know what I say to both men and women? God must have laid that on your heart for a reason. You would be a fantastic man or woman's leader. And then they, well, no, no, well, that's not what I meant. I want to participate. I don't want any skin in the game. And that's what we do at church. 
It's easy to miss a Sunday. We don't have to go every Sunday. I'm not going to go every Sunday. Come on. It's easy to miss a Sunday. Why? Because you're not responsible for anything. And I would say, really? Are you sure about that? Are you sure that everyone here today isn't responsible for something? How do you know? How do you know someone wasn't watching you? How do you know God wasn't wanting to use you to usher in some powerful moment? Or God? Have you sat here today saying, God, have you got something for me to share today? Did you sit in worship and say, Father, I love you. God, speak to me. If I need to encourage someone, if I need to pray for someone, give me the courage and the boldness to do it. God, am I here to, to help in any way? I'm here. I'm available for you. I'm willing to put some skin in the game. How many of you have things in your house? See, here's this is what happened. See, it's Abraham's fault, okay? If I was Abraham, I would have done things a little different in this situation. I would have turned to Sarah. And if you know the story, Sarah basically is waiting on this blessing from God that, that he's going to bring Abraham a son, Isaac. And so Sarah's tired of waiting, tired of waiting. We're all there. Tired of waiting and tired of waiting. And you remember that message I talked about. When you wait on God, it isn't sitting in a waiting room. Waiting on God is like a waiter. And a waiter serves. And Sarah didn't want to do that. I'm tired of waiting. I'm getting too old for this. Go take my bond servant. Go take that woman over there. Go have a baby with her. She's young. She's pretty. Go, go into her tent and lay with her. And now get rid of that woman and that boy who's mocking my boy. See, if, if it was me, if I, the Bible would read a little differently. I'd be Abraham going, listen, Sarah, this was your idea. You're the one who did. But Abraham, you're the dude who let these two women you're having babies with live in your same house. Good luck, dude. You didn't think there was going to be problems? This is born out of flesh. Ishmael was born out of flesh. This problem was born out of flesh. How many times are we making decisions born out of flesh? We didn't pray about it. We didn't have the courage to be obedient about it. We didn't wait on God for it. We got impatient and we'll say, well, I don't like the way God's doing it, so I'm going to do it my way. How many people in this room and online have you got things in your house that have no business being in your house? And you're trying to go, oh, God, I love you, I praise you, and you got that sitting over there. What are you doing? You're allowing the flesh and the spirit. And guess what? They ain't going to get along. I know. I'm at war with it every day. Two sons in one house. How does Abraham go from throwing a party to the biggest fight with his wife ever recorded in the Bible? Abraham has been circumcised in his body, but not in his relationships. There's no way to get out of this without blood. It's going to hurt. And sometimes it's going to hurt to get your house together. The problem is people never give people room enough to change sometimes. That's the problem in the church sometimes. We just sit there and go, well, they're not very spiritual. Look at them. Look at the life they're leading. Oh, my God. You know, I heard pastor wants to put an ashtray out in front of church. That's just giving them permission to thin on the house of God. No, maybe it's the only thing keeping him off a meth pipe. 
I don't know. I just want everyone to feel welcome here. I'm not in charge of cleaning them up. I'm in charge of throwing out that seed and saying, come on, repent, receive. God's in charge of doing all that stuff. But we sit back and we decide who's Christian, who's evolved enough, who's, and we alienate people. And because if Abraham changes course, what will become of Hagar? That had to have been tough for him. What do you mean get rid of Hagar? That's my son Ishmael. What's going to happen to her? And that's what we do, don't we? We worry about somebody in our lives that we know is toxic, that was born out of flesh, that shouldn't be there. We have relationships and things in our lives, and we don't consult God. God says, I want you to cut it off. It's going to take some blood. It's got to be cut off. You're going to have to change. Hagar is going to be cast. But guess what? God tells him, I'll take care of that. I'll take care of Hagar and Ishmael. You take care of your family. And what's it's so understanding is the way change happens. You have to have understanding. That's why reading this book is so important. You can't just look at things from your perspective. Because Ishmael is his son, but Ishmael is also his mistake. So in order to have a correction, you have to have the trust in God with your mistakes. So you go to the Word, you read the Word, you get God's perspective on it, and you act on it as you call it putting feet to your faith. In order to have correction, you're going to have to trust. God says, leave Hagar to me. I'm going to make Ishmael a great nation. But you can't take your miracle and your mistake and put them in the same house. You have to decide. There's got to be a cutting away. You can't change course without collateral damage. And so we make mistakes. Welcome to the club. Welcome. Up. We should call the church. Get rid, we'll change the church to the church of mistakes. Probably get a lot of people in here. Amen. But God says his grace is sufficient for your mistakes. Amen? His grace is bigger than our mistakes. You don't have to live in the chaos. Your spirit has been in a state of disruption because you haven't changed course. I don't know why I'm not hungry for the Word of God. I don't know why I'm not seeing miracles. I don't know why I'm not overwhelmed by the presence of God. I don't know why I'm not speaking in tongues and baptizing the Holy Spirit. I don't know why I don't get excited and worship. Maybe it's because you're dating God on Sunday and you're living your own life the rest of the week. When God wants to be married to you, He wants a commitment from you. But you're too busy just dating Him. And believe me, if you date long enough, eventually you should either make a commitment or get out. I used to tell my girls, listen, if some guy just wants to date you for year after year after year, you're wasting your time and keys keeping you from the right guy and vice versa. Decide. It does not take six, seven years to decide whether you want to marry someone or not. So it shouldn't take this long to decide, am I going to get plugged into the kingdom of God and be a blessing to his church and his people? Am I going to serve the Lord with gladness? Am I going to offer my body as a full, the the, the appropriate sacrifice, a living sacrifice to God? 
Am I going to surrender most or am I going to surrender all? It shouldn't take you years and years and years to decide this. God says, my grace is sufficient. I don't want, God does not want us to live in a constant, chaotic, stressful environment. Because your mistakes and your miracles are cohabitating, God needs you to have the courage to change course. And if you don't change course, you're going to mess up your destiny. If you don't change course, you're not going to be in the place you needed to be. And sometimes it's really about being in a position. You have to position yourself for success. A a kicker has no business being a lineman in football. He's got to be in the right position. And maybe you have not positioned yourself in the kingdom of God, and that's why you're... So try it. Look, if you can't go wrong serving God, but you might find out you're not very good at welcoming people. I've seen that in churches. You walk in, someone hands you a uh, bulletin, they go, here, oh, I'm really glad to be here. I'd rather have Johnny do it any day. Do you see everybody saying hi to Johnny when they walked in? He was so excited. Shouldn't we all be welcoming people like that? So next week, I want you all to bring your wrestling, wrestling medals with you. You can't be the person you want to be and the person you used to be at the same time. You can't be the person you want to be. Say, God, I want you to change me, but I want to, I want to still be, you know, who I am. If you know that now, if you just received that word today, let me say it again. You can't be the person you want to be and the person you used to be at the same time. Now you've got a problem. Because I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm praying, God, please decrease me. Let them hear it from you. And if you heard it now, you have to receive that and say, okay, God, make the decision. You're going to allow God to change you or not. And God says, here, turn him over to me. Give me Ishmael. Give me Hagar. Give me the old you. Reckon that old person dead. Somebody's got to be liberated today. Somebody's been in bondage. And you can't be your best self. And you've found every reason why you can't be your best self. Why you can't do your best work. Why you can't be who you were created to be. Because you're stuck. You're stuck in a situation that you created through bad choices. I used to tell my girls this all the time. You are more than the choices that you've made. But sometimes you have to be willing to bleed to get better. I'm willing to bleed a little better. I'm, I'm going to go through another. I went through stupid procedures <laughs> five months ago where they dropped me, on, <coughs> dropped me on the gurney. And it made everything worse in my back. But if this next one goes, great. Whatever it is, the longer it takes, the more praise I'm giving God. The longer it takes, the more you're going to see me crying in my garage because I got to sweep it. I'm going to bleed because I want to get better. See, we talked about it, circumcision, it hurts. But you know what's great about that? It doesn't hurt long. It doesn't hurt long. You've got to ask yourself, are you willing to have this momentary discomfort to be where God has called you to be? Or are you so concerned about the disruption and the change in your life that you're willing to be a prisoner in your own life? 
That's why the text is important because every time I feel like I make a change, I feel like somebody gets hurt. It feels like every time I make a change, there's collateral damage. But I have to decide. Am I going to spend the rest of my life honoring God's expectations or mine? Steve, if you could come back up. God says this. I can break the chains that tie you to living up to other people's expectations. Well, I don't, I, I don't want to get that plugged into church because people expect me to do other things. I have things at home. I have things at work. I have that. You don't think God's not saying, give me your Hagar. Give me that. All, the life, all your life, this chain keeps you from fulfilling what God has called you, and God is wanting to change course, change direction, change our focus, and that's what I believe he is looking for as we are open to change of focus. Are we open to a change of direction? Are we open to a change of course? And then the Holy Ghost comes in, and we wonder, wow, look, revival happened. No kidding, you were ready for it. Revival is to wake up the dead, to bring back to life what has gone away, to restore, to bring back the luster of really knowing God. You cannot really know God till you've had a personal encounter with Him. I don't want to see people who just take God on this weekly date on Sunday. That's somebody who has no commitment, no skin in the game. In order for him to do what you've been praying about, you are going to have to be disciplined enough to put some skin in the game. So let me ask you, church, do you want change? Okay, some of you know. Some of you don't. I get it. Guy drives a Volkswagen Beetle. Love, remember those old, old, like 1968 Volkswagen Beetle? Still had it pulled to get the heater to go on. You have an old one. My sister had an old one. Sorry, this guy has really old, old Beetle. This thing has been beaten up. He had stickers all over it. Back when, remember bumper stickers? Do you, do you know bumper stickers? Okay. He had dents in certain places where he remembers the first time he went to the beach and he ran into a little pole. He had rips and tears in this seat. It had a certain way he had to jiggle the key just to get it started. He had pictures taped up on the visors. This thing was a piece of junk. Barely ran. And one day he's driving on this road. He's driving on the road, and finally this Volkswagen bug just conked out. The engine seized, smoke was everywhere, and he's sitting in that beetle. And up comes another guy. Long hair, he had a beard, wearing a robe. And he's got beautiful, brand new Ferrari convertible. My friend's beetle was going this way, and the Ferrari was going that way. And the guy in the Ferrari gets out of the car, and he says, Hey, I want to give you this Ferrari, but 
but you got to go that way. Guy sitting in the Beatles sits there and goes, oh, that's a really nice car. But you know, I've had this Beetle for so long. I have so many memories in it. I remember the dents, the scratches, the pictures, the buttons, the bumper stickers. I'm really comfortable in this Volkswagen Beetle. The guy in the fur, he goes, yeah, but you're going nowhere. It's broken down. I know, but it's really comfortable. I'm used to it. It's what I know. So the guy in the beard and the robe drove the other way. God has called us to repent, to turn from our ways. Get out of our comfort zone. Get behind, letting Jesus behind the wheel and allowing him to move. But you've got to make the commitment. And the problem with church is we want a good Sunday service, but we don't want to put any investment into it. Sometimes you've got to put some skin in the game for a breakthrough. Sometimes you've got to work on it. Sometimes you have to hurt for it. Whatever it takes, how bad do you want it? Are you willing to rearrange your schedule? If, you, if God is telling you to move, then move. If you need to change, then change. Whatever it takes. I have a list. I looked for it on my phone. I couldn't find it. When the doctors asked, oh, well, what have you tried for your back? And I had the list, baby. I mean, it was a list. I went through acupuncture, acupressure, massages. I went to physical therapy. I went to chiropractors. I tried this medication, this medication. I bought a new bed. I went through everything. And he goes, oh, oh, okay. I want change, and I'm desperate for whatever it takes. But I will go through it if it brings about something I need to do that God is trying to get me to do. So this week, I hope you'll do what I want to do. I'm going to dedicate this week to God. I'm going to say, God, cut away whatever needs to be cut away. I need to know where you want me to invest, where I need to cast out. I don't want this just for myself. I need it for the glory of God. I need a new beginning. I need to get rid of, during all this chaos and political antics and all the racial indifferences, during all the turbulence and the worries of war, I declare a change in the name of Jesus. This altar, this place, is the Garden of Gethsemane. It's the place where I have to make up my mind, is it going to be my will or His will be done? That's what this is for. The only one I know who can really change our lives is Jesus. And this morning, if you're sitting here or online and you don't know Jesus, if you've had moments where you feel guilty and you cried because of your addictions or you're tired of some problem or the way you're living or the way you think, the way you do things, things are just dragging you down. You've got to decide which pull is stronger, the pull of the Holy Spirit or the pull of the flesh. And all I know is when there's a white horse and a black horse and they're in the middle of a tug of war, the one that wins is the one that you feed. And we have been feeding our flesh for so long. It's time to feed the Spirit and allow God to come in. It's a gift. It's a gift. 
The Bible says nobody can come to God unless the Spirit draws them. And if you are a backslider, if you are a non-believer or even a believer, I'm telling you right now, the Holy Spirit is calling out. And if you don't sense it this morning, you've been feeding the flesh too much. And if you are feeling it this morning, you have to decide, am I going to get right with God? Am I going to listen to my flesh? Or am I going to listen to the Holy Spirit? Come on, church, get to your feet. And this morning, I encourage you, get to these altars. Get to your garden of Gethsemane and say, God, not my will, but your will be done. God, I need you to help me feed my spirit this morning. Come to the altar. Come to your garden of Gethsemane. Let the Holy Spirit get a hold of you today. Let change come into this church, Lord Jesus. I pray in the name of God that your Holy Spirit draw each and every person, God, that you have desired to change. That, Father, you would bring upon the Holy Spirit flowing in this place to the point where, God, all we can do is know how real you are and hear your voice so clearly. Hallelujah. We pray to you, Lord Jesus, now. Just get before God right where you're at. Just begin to praise Him. Just begin to thank Him wherever you're at. Just begin to ask and say, God, I want your will. God, I need you in my life. God, I've got to cut away things in my relationships. Things are going to be painful, but I want change, and I want you now, God. I want more of you, more than I've ever had. I want to hunger for your word. I want to know that you're more real in my life than you ever were. I want to serve you, God. I want to know you more. Hallelujah. Father, as we conclude this service, we ask you to not stop. We ask you to leave leave all the things of the flesh behind, and we ask you to help us walk out of here with only you. Father, let us be more sensitive to you and hungry for you more than ever before. We ask you to do things in our lives and in this church that we've never asked for before. 
We ask, God, that we are open to whatever you have for us. I pray for those that are stuck. I know there's someone either in here or online, you're stuck. You're stuck in a rock and a hard place. You don't know if your family or your husband or your wife will even go along with this commitment that you want to make to God. And I just say, you leave, you leave Hagar and Ishmael to God. You leave them to God. You leave those, the collateral damage in the arms of God. You let them, God move in them. You do what God tells you to do. Father, thank you for today. I'm going to let Virgie she gave me that look I'm going to let Virgie close our prayer and service our service and prayer I just want to pray Father God we know we know it's your desire to change us Father God I know it's your desire people in this church Lay hands on the sick and they recover. They'll bring their families to church. You're going to draw your families to this place. When we model and portray the love and change that God wants to make into our lives, you will draw people to this church. You will draw people to your Holy Spirit, to your Father God. I thank you, Father God, that your Spirit is so willing, it is so willing to help us change. May we seek God for change. Give us this, I know you, when we make the decision to change, God's there. He'll help you change. He'll give you the wisdom to change. He will help you to walk in the light of his word. You will desire and crave more of God's word. You will pray. You will pray. That your family, your loved ones, will be drawn to God by the Holy Spirit. They'll be drawn to God by the Holy Spirit. When we put the Holy Spirit first place in our life. Thank you, Father God, for the miracles you're going to do in this place. For the miracles that you have already done this morning in this place. We will give you the thanks and we'll give you the praise in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a great week, a week of change. Open up your Bibles, get into them, worship the Lord this week. We'll see you Wednesday night for Bible study at, when do we meet? Seven, uh, when do we meet? 6.30. 6.30. God bless you guys. Have a great, great week.